This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. to so many people who want to be coaches and would be amazing at it, but they're just not sure they have what it takes. Maybe they lack confidence. Maybe they're concerned they need to be a great marketer. Or perhaps they're just stressed out about the fact they don't know whether or not they can help people. And it makes it even worse by all the gurus around, telling you how to make six figures investing heavily into paid ads. It's hard to know who to trust. But here's the thing. People need you, and they need you to show up for them. They don't care about a website, how many years you've got under your belt, overpriced qualifications, or any of that. They just want you to help them have a breakthrough and serve them powerfully. And anyone with a passion for coaching and helping people can do that. We've seen coaches go from having zero clients to five-figure months in just a few weeks. People who struggled with undercharging or even asking clients for money at all to confidently enroll high-paying clients at higher fees, 100% ethically. And even men and women who'd completely given up on their dreams of being a coach, they've been able to leave their jobs in as little as 90 days and go all in on their high-paying, high-impact coach business, leaving them feeling fulfilled. See, the reason most aspiring coaches stay stuck where they are is down to one thing— They struggle with limiting beliefs. Beliefs like, I'm worried my services aren't good enough. I don't have enough experience to help clients. I'm scared to ask anyone for money or that they might think I'm too expensive. But when you get over these limiting beliefs, guess what happens next? Magic happens. You'll start having powerful and meaningful conversations. Develop unshakable belief, says Ryan. Valeria Tellez interviews Ryan Matthew, the author of Coaching Business Breakthroughs with Ryan Matthey. Ryan is a coach, an expert in personal and professional development who is best known for helping new and ambitious coaches build their businesses as the co-founder and CEO of High Performing Coach since 2019. With more than 20,000 hours of training, development, and experience, Ryan is a leading figure amongst the rise of new coaches in the industry and is regarded by his peers as one of the best, most highly trained and experienced coaches in the world. Meet Ryan at highperforming.coach. Here's the interview with Ryan Matthew. In your own words, who is Ryan Matthew? Mm, who is Ryan Matthew? <laughs> uh, so um, my title is CEO of High Performing Coach. We help coaches learn what it really takes to create high fee clients, build an online business and how to do all of that from the heart. 
Um, so that's that's my title. That's what I'm up to in in my company. And I guess who I am is I'm a bit of a personal development junkie, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a I had a moment back in 2009, and it was one of those moments where life was one way, and then something happened, and then it was just never the same again. And I had a, a real profound transformation. And, and since that moment, I wanted to go deeper into myself, my consciousness, my past, my healing, and just super motivated to share and contribute everything I could learn and did learn and give it away to anybody that wanted to hear about it. You made me curious about that moment of transformation or that catalyst to transform mm. your life. And I would love to hear more if you could share, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 2009. I was living in London at that time and I was in a a new relationship. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, when you're in a relationship, it's it's that opportunity to start seeing yourself more clear. Although at that point, I didn't know much about that, but I was bumping up against um, a similar kind of pattern that I'd been in, in, in many times in my life. But in this one, it was like we kept having this argument. And every weekend we had the same kind of argument and it was the one where she was wrong and I was right. And she she kept saying it was nothing to do with her. And um, she must have said that like, I don't know, 15, 20 times over the period of this four weeks where we were in this loop. And one day walking through the streets, you know, I was blaming her for some stuff and she said, again, it's nothing to do with me. And I just thought to myself, I thought, you know, she keeps saying it's not anything to do with her. And what if, what if it's got something to do with me? And I'd never asked myself that question before until that moment. I was right about everything and my view, my opinion was all that mattered. And, um, but as I started to turn my attention to myself, my whole life started flashing in front of me. And I started to witness all of the breakdowns, all of the drama, all the relationships that didn't work, all the things in my life that, that didn't go the way I wanted them to go. And I saw that the consistent fact, the single consistent factor was me. And I, I, honest, I honestly felt like I was going to pass out. And um, I just said to look out, I, I just got to go. I got to go home. So I, I left, walked away, went into my apartment, walked up the stairs, went into my bedroom, jumped on the bed, and I just started crying. And And I sobbed and I sobbed for about... I mean, three or four hours, just crying and crying. And the first like half of that was just such a release of sadness about all the things I thought I was sure about that now I could see things completely different. So I was like, I was impacted deeply by all the mistakes that I had made that I didn't even know I had made, all the things I had thought that weren't true. And it was, it was devastating. And as I was crying more and more and more, what started to happen was this feeling of liberation, this feeling of what felt more like transformation, because I started to realize that I was seeing myself in life clearly for the first time. So I I, I, I went straight to sleep like a baby. <laughs> and then I, I woke up the next day and I started contacting all my family. And I started telling them, you know, how much I loved them and why don't we tell each other we love each other? Why don't we talk about what happened back then? And then I contacted uh, my ex-girlfriends and I apologized for all the things that I could see now that I had done that didn't work, that I'd blamed them for. 
I wrote a list of all the things I wasn't proud of. And one by one, I, I started to put them right. And, and this was all in the, the same day, you know, I just started working through, you know, really cleaning up my life. And I, I couldn't really articulate what had happened at that point, but I knew it was important and I trusted the process. And uh, it would take a while to realize that, you know, I'd, I was just done being inauthentic. And I wanted to start telling the truth about how I was feeling and what I was thinking and worrying so much less about what people thought about me. Um, I was done being a victim. So I had started taking responsibility for my life, for my experience, for my emotions. And um, I was done doing things that didn't have integrity. And I wanted to, have, I wanted to be able to look at myself in the mirror and, and really like what I see and be proud of what I saw. And, um, and at the same time, I, I was deeply touched by this inspiration to contribute. You know, I, I knew that what I was going through was important for me, but I also knew this would be important for other people as well. So I went on a mission to go deeper into this whole thing and, and then started sharing it with people. And it was a really, really, really deep, wildly transformational two years of my life. And I would, I would wake up during the night crying in cold sweats with dreams and realizations and then something else that I realized I needed to complete and and then that was my life for for two years so that that was that was the moment you know that was the moment and then there was there was no turning back there was even one thing on my list which was to give money back to the church because I'd stole money from the church when I was a teenager and I I had a I was working for the church delivering this local paper and um, the guy who, some guy I knew, he was also delivering newspapers in the local town. And he said, yeah, when you, when you take the money, you, you take the money and then you kind of take a little bit for yourself. And nobody, nobody ever notices. And I was young and naive and just like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So I started taking a little bit of money and then I started taking a little bit more. And then I started taking a little bit more. And before I knew it, I was taking all the money. And then I went to collect the newspapers one day and the, the priest came to me. And he said, uh, Ryan, we've been looking at the accounts and it looks like you was, you know, a couple of hundred pounds and we're just wondering when you're going to give it to us. And I was so confronted. You know, I got caught red handed and I didn't know what to say. And I just said, look, I'll, I'll go home. I'll get the money. And I'll I'll bring it back. And I went home and all I had in the in the drawer was all of this, all of this, these coins. You know, I didn't have any money. I was, I was spending the money. So I put the coins in an envelope and I wrote a letter of resignation and I slipped it through the letterbox and I ran away. So so here I was 15 years later, I I, I booked a flight to go to Scotland because I was, as I said, I was in London at the time. I went to the bank. I lifted about 350 pounds, which I felt was was more than, you know, you know, in terms of all the things that, all the time that had passed, that this would cover what I had took and more. And uh, I went to the church and I knocked on the door and I asked if the priest was still there. And I wasn't even sure if he would be because he was already old and then this is like 15, 15 years later. So she said, yep, he's, he's there. He's in the church. He's in the confessional box. So I went to the confessional box and I, I saw him there and I said, look, Father, can I come round the other side? Because, you know, we were in the, in the separate little rooms in the confessional box. And he said, of course. And I came round and he pulled a chair and I sat in the chair and I said, Father, um, I don't know if you remember, but 15 years ago, around about 15 years ago, there was a young kid, he had red hair and he had took some money, he was delivering the paper and then he disappeared. And he went, yeah, yeah, I remember that actually. And I said, well, that kid was me. 
And um, I just want to let you know I'm really sorry. I had no idea what I was doing, and uh, I've, I've I've never forgot that I did that. And I just want to put it right. And I have this money for you here in an envelope, and I just want to ask for your forgiveness. And he, he took my hand and he looked me right in the eye and he said, "You know, Ryan, we all make mistakes, but it's what you do about it that counts. So you are forgiven." And it was a really, really beautiful moment, you know. And I, and and I, my life was full of completing these kind of moments. For, uh, and every time I did that, I just got a, a, you know, more of myself, more of myself back. And um, it was really beautiful. I love that you share all that. I really appreciate this openness, Ryan. Not just to open to other people, myself now in this moment, but you're open to life into your own self. Mm. And that's a yeah. very powerful place to be. You made me think about so many things now. I love the, <laughs> the trust, yeah, peace. I love the crying, which kind of symbolizes grief, uh, letting go mm. of what is no longer serving us. And then it really sounds like a spiritual awakening to me. Do you have any spiritual practices or views, belief systems? Well, I mean, the, the thing that I've found that has made the biggest difference, because I've done a lot of work over these last 13 years, I've worked with some of the most incredible people. Um, but the thing that's actually made the biggest difference for me is is actually just meditation and sitting and closing my eyes. And um, and what, what I discovered through the power of, of actually just sitting and being still and being quiet and being with myself was I got to confront all the parts of myself that I was too ashamed to confront or too terrified to feel and 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 actually get myself out of my head, you know, get myself into my body, get myself into my being and and actually make peace with my whole self and make room and space for my whole humanity, you know, and all the good, all the bad, the ups and downs and and it was amazing because when I when I first discovered the power of of actually facing those terrifying emotions, what I what I realized was actually it's not that scary. And, uh, and it, it taught me a lot because before I was so, so busy avoiding feeling the, the feelings that I didn't want to feel or that I was too ashamed to feel or too terrified to confront. But instead, it was the most liberating thing to actually go inside, you know, it, you know, welcome in my whole experience of my, my entire humanity and, and really be be with myself, you know, I, I learned to really connect with myself and let go of my attachments, let go of my fantasies, let go of all of the limitations and instead get get deeply in my heart. The title of this episode, I had after reading everything about you, which I didn't know about the story that I just told, but I titled this episode, The Art of Coaching, Inner Work mm. and Transformation. So interesting that you talked about all this. Although I have seen those words, you mentioned those statements about inner work and transformation. Yeah, I have a question for you about this woman that you were with before. And I was just wondering here, was she a coach, a life coach, huh. some sort of coach? No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm really grateful for the for the, the women that I've you know, been in relationships with through my life because that's certainly where I've grown the most. You know, you can't, you can't, you can't escape yourself when you're in a, in a relationship. And look, the, 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 you know, she was a little bit further ahead in in respect of her spiritual practice, 
And um, and at the same time, in that experience, you know, she she was not taking responsibility for what was going on with her. But I I it didn't matter. Like I I got the opportunity to take responsibility for what was going on for me. So it was perfect. And and that's something that I'm I am proud of because when I learned the power of taking responsibility then, you know, I've never shied away from that ever since. And I'm always the first to just hold my hand up or apologize or see what there is for me to learn. And and I've learned so much through through being in relationships. So I'm eternally grateful for all of the women in my life where I've got to really see myself and, and, and learn how to actually deal with myself. Yeah. Wow. Beautifully said. What a, another empowering message. Yes, I feel the same way. I have learned a lot through relationships. It's a powerful way of learning. If we are open, right? We need to be open to exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. Another open question I have for you today is the purpose of the human experience. What do you think that is, Ryan? Oh, I have I have some really good answers for this based on what I've been going through. I used to think it was about I used to think it was a, a lot about healing. And um and then when, you know, I, I got to a certain stage in my own journey where I'd you know, I would, I'm not standing here saying I'm completely healed. I don't think the job is ever done for most of us. But who knows what 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 lies beyond? But you know, at, at the stage I'm at in my life with the work I've done, where I'm at right now is about having fun and and actually being able to enjoy every single second. And and that that was a real inside job. You know, it wasn't easy to get to that point where I could just be with everything, be with anything. Um, you know, be at peace, allow things to be the way that they are and not be attached, not be impacted. And and if I am, you know, able to let things go and allow things to just be the way that they are, as I said. So after that, I just found, you know what, it's just time for fun now. You know, it's time to to really enjoy. So so for me, the, the purpose of this human experience is, yeah, it's it's for our evolution so that we can have the best time yeah. while we're here. Oh, I love that too. So that sounds to me that if we get to the point of enough healing, then we get to this state, yeah, of having fun. Exactly. Isn't exactly. it? Exactly. It might not be a destination, yeah, per se. We, like you said, wisely said, but healing is not a destination, right? We are always yeah. working on something. But I love that answer. It resonates wholeheartedly with me. Thank you for saying <laughs> okay. that too. Another question I have for you is about success. What is success to you these days? How do you define success? Yeah, well, I mean, in the past, success was about, uh, you know, a certain level of accomplishment, a certain level of financial freedom, um, a certain level of fulfillment. And But success for me now is is just being happy with myself really you know like be, being at peace with myself um being calm being chilled being being free you know that I, I think that's my own measure of success now like my level of freedom inside of myself and yeah this this ability to as i said just enjoy the process enjoy the journey and uh, be grateful you know i i think at the bottom of everything i've learned because there was a lot of challenges, a lot of things I had to work through. And, you know, I learned to be patient. I learned to trust. And at the bottom of all of it was just pure gratitude. So so I, I think my own measure of success is how, how grateful and lucky I feel to have this opportunity to live this life and to breathe and to, you know, share wonderful experiences and just make the most of our time here. Another open question, the last one for today, is about... Um, the world's greatest need. 
What do you see now clearly as a need for us as a human community? Mm, great question. Let me have a little think about that. So, I mean, there are there are so many needs that we have, um, but let me just check out the great. You're asking me what do I think is the greatest need? I think. I mean, it's 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 hard to answer that with one thing. I'll say a few things and see where I end up as I answer that question. But for sure, you know, a great need for us is to really know who we really are, which is something that not many people get to really know because we we think we think we are what we think we are. Right. <laughs> but of yes. course, that's 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 just the mind. And um, so I think the greatest need is for us to 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 really reconnect with who we truly are. And that's, yeah, it's the mind, but it's the heart, it's the soul, it's the body, it's the spirit. It's the the whole uh, experience of being a human being like and, and being able to be at peace with who we are and and being present and being conscious. Um, so I, th- I think I think the, the greatest human need is this reconnection to who we really are, like our natural essence, our natural state, which is something that, that is uh, an evolution that happens when we can go beyond the mind and back into the body and, and really be connected to our essence. Ah, another beautiful answer. Yes, a trillion times to that. You just summarized perfectly from my perspective. Yeah, mm. knowing who we are, reconnecting with that essence. Yeah, and you know, out, out of that or connected to that in parallel, however you want to see it, it's, it's presence. You know, really being present in the moment, you know, not being in our heads, not being caught up in our fantasies, our illusions, our stories, you know, really being able to see life as it's happening rather than all of our interpretations about it. Just that ability to be grounded and and just that, you know, being able to enjoy every second or at least be able to be with life as it's happening. Oh, my God, Brian. I expected to have this conversation about coaching or technical <laughs> things. And now here you are ah, presenting yourself and being present in this moment as this profound human being that to me, it's coming across as someone who knows who he is or what he is. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for that, for being open to life. Oh, thank you for seeing me. And um, speaking of what you do as a coach, let me introduce, I have this in the opening of the episode, but I will mention now again, you are the CEO of High Performing Coach, coach and expert mm. in personal and professional development. So I guess my main question about this, about your work is, what's the purpose of your work? If you could summarize it in one phrase or in a few words. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, the purpose of my work, I guess, is that, um, you know, I get to help people, guide people, support people to discover everything that I've been sharing in this last 25 minutes. You know, it's really, it's really, it's really that, you know, and it, it, for, 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 you know, at the kind of top level in our business, we're, we're helping coaches um, learn how to build their business. And, um, you know, they want to learn how to have a great life and make money and uh, make a big impact. And uh, that's what they want. So I'm, I'm showing them how to get what they want by giving them what they need. And it's and it's everything that we've been talking about so far. That's beautiful to know. So it's 
very much has to do with self-knowledge, self-awareness, and yep. th- this inner work that is so crucial in order to exactly. be happy and have fun. I love to hear exactly. that, that you have integrated, I have to say, spirituality into your work, because that it sounds very spiritual to me. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, one, thing, one thing I'll say is that it's a bit of fun, a bit of tongue-in-cheek, but I was, um, I was out a few weeks ago and I was... Um, I met somebody new. He was asking me what I do, and I I had a little bit of alcohol, so I was a little bit more <laughs> enthusiastic than normal. And uh, I said I said I said to him, so I was having a bit of fun, but I said to him, you know Jesus, and he said, yeah, yeah I know Jesus, and I was like, and, and you know the Terminator, you know from Terminator Two, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I know Terminator from Terminator Two, and I said, well, I'm kind of like a combination of both of them. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. he he just looked at me. He's like. Oh, he, he, he almost uh, fell over, you know, I was yeah. having fun, but, yeah. but that's, that's how I describe myself in, in my coaching. You know, I just, it's, I describe it as powerfully gentle and it's this combination of the depth with the practicalities of what it takes to be effective. Mm, and I, wow. I bring those two things together and I, I show people how to do the same. Yeah. How wonderful. And I love your sense of humor too. That always helps <laughs> in life coming from that <laughs> yeah, place. Sure. <laughs> so... You have, which I found out about you, this is something that actually you didn't send it to me or somebody that represents you didn't send it to me, but I found this on Amazon. You're the author of Coaching Business Breakthroughs with Ryan Matthew. Those are episodes. And mm-hmm. I found there are so many topics, as I mentioned, off record, that caught my attention. The first mm-hmm. one was about, I think it's the first one there too, the latest episode. Why are you frightened to being successful? So that's the question. Mm. Talk to me for a moment about why this happens. How can we be afraid of success? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so, fri- you know, a lot of people are frightened of failure. A lot of people are frightened of success. And um, uh, some, some people get convinced that they're frightened of success. But when you dig deeper, they're actually just frightened of failing because when when I help people drill into it, it's like, well, what's the problem if you're successful? Well, then I've got to be responsible for all this thing. Okay, and what's the problem with that? Well, then what if it? What if I can't handle it? Uh, well, what happens there? Well, then I'm going to fail. So, so the idea that people are frightened of success, it's a bit of a smokescreen. It's ultimately a cover up for the same thing that they're just frightened of failing, and it's feeding into this idea that they are not capable, not good enough, and you know this this habitual. Uh, limiting type of way that often people talk to themselves in their own mind without being aware that they are speaking in this negative, limiting way. So, so yeah, it's it's that that's what's at the bottom of it. And um, you know, I, I help people become more aware of this thought process that's ultimately you know drenched in negativity, and it's something that they've usually dealt with their whole life. But it just shows up in different ways. It takes different forms, and it's very clever. You know, because to say to say that you're frightened of success is a is a very clever tactic from the ego. Because that sounds that's, that sounds way better than the truth, yeah. which is that you're just <laughs> failing. And that's that's all it is. It's just it's just a cover up. That kind of uh, connects back to another topic, another episode there. That's titled "I am afraid of rejection." So mm-hmm. that's another big one. So you speak of the ego, and now mm-hmm. you made me curious about your idea of the ego what is that to you it's the false self what is your interpretation of the ego 
Yeah, I mean, um, who, who knows if this is right or not? But for me, when I talk about the ego, it's just it's it's this habitual, unconscious thinking that we have learned to do. Um, you know that we've, you know, we were trained how to do that from usually our parents or things that happened when we were young. And then, you know, but we were never taught how to think consciously. So for me, the ego is just the unconscious thought processes that we were never shown how to examine, how to observe, how to actually interact with and see it for what it really is, which is just a whole bunch of noise. You know, so so it's like, you know, the mind is a great tool, very, very powerful. But if you don't know how to use it, then it's obviously very destructive. And most people don't know how to use it. Humanity doesn't know how to use it. This uh, Some of us do. More of us are learning and, you know, things are shifting. You know, I really believe things are shifting in a big way. And, and, and the shift is going to happen when we have this realization that we're not our mind. We don't need to believe every thought that we have. We don't need to act from every thought. And let's get present and observe those thoughts. And then we can make a conscious choice to empower it or not. Is that a thought that makes us feel good? or not? Is that the, the kind of thought that we want to have or not? And if it's not, then let it go and create something else. Yeah, I hear so much wisdom there. And this is a practice for life, right, Ryan? It's mm. not a destination, mm -hmm. is it? Do you think we can get to the point of enlightenment? What ideas do you have when you hear the word enlightenment? Yeah, so, I mean, look, I, I think that there have, it's obvious that there have been people who, you know, have experienced some sense of enlightenment. You know, I, I, when, you, when you hear their wisdom, there's, there's a, you know, there's just something different in the way that they see life and speak about life. Um, for, for me, like enlightenment is about, um, it's lighting up and bringing awareness to the mind and light, lighting up and bringing awareness to our heart so that we can actually live with an open mind and an open heart. For me, that's what enlightenment is. Actually, people who are enlightened, they actually don't say they are, and they right. often don't really know that they are. There's exactly. no, others might perceive something that's different about them, but they don't talk yeah, in such a way. They would never say it, but it exactly. can be heard. <laughs> it can be heard. That light can be heard and felt which is interesting to kind of even mention this now because I do hear that from you. The words you yeah, say, they sound enlightening exactly. to me. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's what it is. Like th this actually came to me when I was having a, so plant medicine is a, a part of my spiritual practice. I work with ayahuasca, San Pedro. I recently worked with iboga. And this, this insight about what enlightenment is came to me when I was, in an iboga experience and I asked you know what is enlightenment and that's what came to me it's the it's the lighting up of the mind you know the opening of the mind is the, the lighting up of the heart and so that we can live you know with this open light in our mind and our hearts and so that you know came to me in this experience and yeah it makes sense and that's where the word comes from right yeah enlightened Right. Absolutely. And even I study a lot of the, uh, you probably heard about Advaita Vedanta. It's a Hindu um, religion. It's just so profound that I can't stop learning more from them. Mm. Yeah, they do speak that way. Uh, that tradition about the fire and burning everything that's not real so we can yes. finally realize what is real. So another episode that caught my attention was the um, a mistake coaches often make? I would love to know mm -hmm. this one. Sounds like a secret. 
<laughs> mistake coaches often make. Well, there's well, there's lo- there's loads of mistakes <laughs> that coaches often make, um, and I'm pretty I pretty much made yeah. most of them, which is why I know so so much about it. I think, but I I think one of the, the the big mistakes that coaches make that I spoke to in that episode was that they they're struggling with a problem and they are trying to deal with it on their own and they're missing the point, you know. So so we so what we have here is kind of like the dentist that doesn't practice taking care of his teeth you know he he doesn't he does so i i talk to coaches a lot about being the real deal and and if you really get the power of coaching you won't you don't struggle with problems on your own for long because you understand the power of coaching and you you, you understand that it's way more effective and way more intelligent to go and hire an expert to help you deal with that thing and um so a, a mistake that coaches often make is that they miss that and then they're struggling with a problem uh, without solving it um, in the in the most effective way that they apparently know how, which is why they're a coach in the first place. But they kind of miss the wood for the trees; it's right under their nose. So I'm I'm you know I'm a big um, believer in the power of coaching. I, I I give myself time and space to work things out on my own. But if I see that I need more or that there's more to 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 realize, then I I go straight to hiring an expert, and I don't waste too much time about that. I've done it in so many aspects of my life and um and it's yeah i think coaching and you know spending time with people that have walked the path and that have got insights and expertise that can contribute to the quality of our life is the most intelligent thing that we can do because we're not here for long and um you know working with people like that that can really you know awaken us or help us heal or help us realize things that we might take years to figure out but we could maybe get that in a 20-minute coaching conversation so so I'm a, I'm a big fan, as you can tell. And that is, um, it comes with that open space when we um, finally get there. It's almost like um, this curiosity and desire to learn that's unattached from results. Yes. Right? It's almost like um, for the fun of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. the more we learn, the more we have fun and connecting with people like yourself and all these amazing other human beings out there. It's just adds so much more fun and enlightening to our lives. That's what I have yeah. realized. Yeah. 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 And it brings so much ease, you know, and I'm really big. I'm really big on ease and it brings simplicity and I'm really big into simplicity. So, um, yeah, it's great. I love that simplicity. And I wonder how we can make life more simple. Yeah, that's something that to me is connected to inner peace too. I For usually sure. talk about inner peace and simplicity. They definitely mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Yeah, I would like to talk to you for a moment about limiting beliefs. That's something that mm-hmm. we have been talking already, but going deeper into it. What are the best way to become aware of a, a limiting belief systems, Ryan? Mm-hmm. The quickest yeah. way per se. Uh, great question. So yeah, for sure, working with a coach, right? So they're 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 either working with a coach or being part of a program where you're you know in a process to get the opportunity to see your your blind spots. These are these kind of usually these limiting beliefs are not something that we can see so clearly. They're usually hidden from our view because of our you know limited awareness. So being part of an environment where you can, you know, be supported and guided and trained and developed to to distinguish the limiting belief is one way. In my own personal practice, um, what I discovered eventually was that when I feel something, so I became so aware of my emotional state. So anytime I felt any discomfort, anytime I felt any 
negative emotion, I would instantly recognize it. And then if, if it was possible right there and then, I would literally stop everything and I would sit down, I would close my eyes and I would go and feel all of that emotion. And then I would I would start to get curious, like what is the story I'm telling myself right now that's having me feel this way? Or what must I be believing about myself or what must I be believing that's having me feel this way? Because the emotional state is a direct response to the, think, the thinking mind. And um, so if we can use our emotions as a bit of a, it's like a, it's like a, an alarm system, you know, like on your car, if you're running low on gas, something is going to start flashing. So in your body, when something is off, then you start feeling a certain way. Most people, they're not in touch with their feelings to that degree. So they'll usually deny it. They'll, they'll suppress it. They'll overlook it. They'll try and crack on anyway. And they'll keep, they'll keep busy. They'll keep distracting themselves and they're, they're actually ignoring their body's intelligence. So for me, yeah, so for me, the most effective way is to really tune into how we feel, give all of those emotions space, presence, welcome them in and start to get curious, like what's the thought process I'm having that's leaving me feeling this way? And then usually that's going to distinguish this, this, this story, you know, like for example, um, I can't, I can't do it or nobody loves me or I'm going to fail or, you know, all of these negative limiting conversations that we have with ourselves. So once we start to distinguish those and we, we, we begin to, um, you know, really tap into our deeper wisdom, which happens when you're still, because when you're not still and you're busy, you're in your head. But when you quiet in the mind and you start to see what's really going on inside of yourself, what you're doing is you're getting access to truth. And when you start getting access to truth, everything else just literally melts away. And, you know, for some people, this is a practice ongoingly. Sometimes we get it and, and it never comes back. Other things are a bit more sticky and they, they'll come, they'll keep coming and coming and coming until they don't come anymore. But yeah, that's that's for me the most effective way. It's, it's literally turning your attention inwards and getting really curious and, and, and having the courage to really face yourself and be honest with yourself. It takes courage, doesn't it? To really mm. look deeper oh, yeah. and stay with it, and wow, yeah, tell me yeah. about it. I used to have a lot of anxiety in in my relationships. I had a I had an attached, uh, a, a, sorry, a anxious attachment style in my relationships for a long time, and um, and then I started to realize that my need to force an outcome or to solve the problems in my relationship was actually a cover up, so I didn't need to deal with my anxiety. So when I when I realized that, I made a commitment to myself, like the next time I feel this, I'm going to go and be with it. And um, the first time it came up, I resisted it so much. I felt all this anxiety inside of me. And I, I said, no, I've got to go and be with this. And I was absolutely terrified. But I did it anyway. I went in the room. I closed the door. I turned off my phone. I sat and I, I let myself feel this anxious experience. And I, I literally thought my brain was going to explode. It was so overwhelming. But I just trusted and I sat with it and I felt it and I felt it and I felt it. And then all of a sudden, this anxiety just started to, to just melt away after like two or three minutes. And then this space came in and I, all of a sudden I could see the stories that the mind had created and where it came from. And and it was incredible. That that was like a real turning point for me and being able to be with myself. And, and that took like so much courage because I'm I was terrified to feel that but then after 
it was like, hmm, this is actually not so scary after all. I love the way you speak when you say trust. I trusted the process. You've been saying that throughout the conversation. I mm. trusted that word. There's something about trust that it dispels all fears from yeah. my perspective. So fear and trust, yeah, they are like almost the opposites. I love the wisdom that you let flow to let it, you just let that this timeless wisdom flow through you in such a clear way. That's courageous too. Thank you. Uh, I'd love to just say something about trust as you were, as you were sharing. So yeah, I trust was one of those things that, you know, it, it didn't come easy because I always felt things should have been a different way. So there was a lot of resistance to the way that things were. And then I then I started to understand that actually every single thing that happens for me, good or bad, is for me. So the good stuff happens, that's great. That's a great experience. The, the negative stuff or the scary stuff or the challenging stuff, that's all for me so I can learn and grow. So when I had that realization, that's when this this thing about trust really popped because I could, I could see that, you know what, everything that's going on in my experiences for me and my evolution and, and it gave me so much trust to just let life happen, let things be the way that they are, because it's all for me and my evolution anyway. So bring it on and trust the process. And because I could then trust the process, what came after that was, well, maybe I can just, I can just enjoy the show. As it is, right, without rejecting and trying to escape anything. Exactly, exactly. That's such an empowering place to be. And if we all knew that, that this reality would be very much different. I would change everything. Yeah. I think we are getting there. It seems to me, I do feel that we are evolving as humans. We are? Yeah, it really feels to me. I mean, although we have this war now between Russia and Ukraine, which mm. is interesting. question for me is, what am I supposed to see, but in myself, not out there? How yeah. much more peace can I cultivate within so I stop searching for peace outside and then I exactly. become peace myself. Yeah, it's 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 all right under our nose, right in our heart. It was there the whole time. We've kind of heard people say that, but it didn't make any sense until you discover it for yourself. Yeah, right. You have to go through the fire, right? Exactly. I have to say it that way because fire and light, they are together. They go hand in oh, hand. Yeah. We're almost at the end. And I do want to ask a question about what do you do, your coaching business? What is the best way to contact you or to find you? Who are you working with these days? Yeah, so the best way to find me would, would probably be our website, which is highperforming.coach. Um, uh, I, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so Ryan Maffey, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing there quite a bit. Um, so there, there's the best places to find me. And then, yeah, who I'm working with are, yeah, those purpose-driven entrepreneurs. They want to learn how to create uh, an impactful, thriving, fulfilling business. And they, they, they want to share the gifts that they've, they've discovered for themselves in their life. They want to share that with people. And they're really driven by this deep hunger to, to make a difference and be the best version of themselves, but not from the ego, not from the attachment, just because they actually, they know somewhere deep inside that's their right, you know, to have that kind of experience. So, so yeah, all of those life coaches, relationship coaches, executive coaches, healers, you know, all, those, those human beings, that, that's who, who we work with. I'll have the link of your website on the podcast profile too. 
And Perfect. before I ask you my final questions, I want to um, read two of your quotes. It resonated with me. Sounds true. Mm. You say transformation is about going within and is starting to see the truth about what's going on on inside yourself. And then yep. you say, have an unshakable belief in your ability to build something extraordinary. When you truly believe in yourself, there is no limit to what you can achieve. Mm. So it goes back to this self-knowledge, to me, spiritual knowledge. That's what it mm -hmm. comes across. And to the yep. self, knowing our own selves. Thank you so much again, Ryan, for this powerful mm. message and reminder thank you. too. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was, it was actually really lovely to hear you share that. You know, it, it feels like it's... Yeah, I, I said those words, they came out of my mouth, but it's like, a, you know, it, it sounds to me like a much, much deeper wisdom, you know, that's, that's, yeah, it's just great to hear it. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like mine. It feels like humans, mm. you know, mm. humanity's wisdom, you know? Yes. <laughs> Another trillion times to that timeless universal mm. divine wisdom. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. exactly. So my last questions, before I ask you the final questions, would you like to add anything else that we didn't cover, that we left unsaid today? Um, well, I think an important thing that I did want to share was as we talked about how we're doing as a human race and, you know, we, we think it's evolving and all those things. And the way I see it is like, you know, in the grand scheme of our lifetime as a human race, we're just like little babies. Mm. You know, uh. we're, we're, ju we're, we're just at the start. You know, we're just little kids. So, yes, there's still war. There's still fighting. There's a lot of crap that doesn't work. But we are learning and we are growing. And with time, I have absolutely no doubt that we're going to, you know, heal and become conscious as a human race become present you know get in our hearts all of these all of these things that i'm discovering that you're discovering like we are yeah we're we're, we're leaders for that you know we're, we're playing a big part and there's many people like us doing that and then we're helping the next generation do that so it's a collective that's getting more and more and more so for me it's only going one way that won't mean it's a straight line or an easy path but um, I have absolutely no doubt that, that we're going to grow and evolve into the best versions of ourselves as a race. I do feel like something happened after 2020. There has mm. been more interest for inner um, knowledge, for healing work, spirituality, yeah. self-care. Something has changed or maybe shifted. Yeah. But yeah, we don't know how much because I still don't see around me, like my family members, for example, my husband, I think he's changing too. Perhaps everybody is changed because life is changed, right, Ryan? It's this movement, constant movement. So everything yep. is changing. And sometimes the movement is very small, the change, but that's the nature of life. It is. And if we, yeah, and just by looking at it as we see it now, there's almost, it's like, it's such a small change. But if we imagine 50 years, 100 years, 200 years, you know, we start to get a, a much broader perspective, which leaves me, yeah, feeling, yeah, happy about it and optimistic about it. It'll, it'll all come together long after our time. Um, but, you know, we, we do our best while we're here. Yes, yes, yes. Um, another trailing yes to that, doing our part, right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. My final two questions. Let me ask you, I have too many. Let me ask you this one. What is another word for life? Perhaps it could be experience or perhaps it could be existence. 
I often say love, <laughs> or perhaps mm-hmm. the experience yeah. of love, but experience, why not just experiencing this as it is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And then yeah, love exactly. arises. I, you know, I also yeah. like gloves. I like that as well as, a, as another answer, yeah. And my last question is, what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Mm, three experiences that I'd love them to have. Um, three experiences. Well, for sure, it's, you know, one of them is connected to this process of, of awakening. You know, I'd love everybody to, to have that awakening to, you know, feel free within themselves, let go of their guilt, their shame, you know, become, become present to who they really are. Um, I'd love everybody to have the experience of being complete with the people that they love before it's too late. And I would also love everybody to have the experience of finding a life partner where they get to experience the most beautiful, unconditional love. Wow, I love that. Unconditional love. That's another word that would be amazing to use for life, right? Unconditional love yeah. or the experience yeah. of that. Yeah, it's, um, it's something I've dis- I'm kind of in a process of discovering now, actually. Although me and my partner, my girlfriend, we are calling it as we've experienced it, soul love. And it's something different than we've ever had before. We we recognize that before the love that we had was more from the mind. And uh, but we're having this experience of soul love now, which is which is really, really beautiful. It feels different. Yeah, it's not the same as no. um, when you say the mind love or the mind attachment. To me it has to do with fear, right? We don't want to be exactly. alone and then there's so much fear there. Exactly. Yeah, because this this soul love is clean. It's completely unattached and it and it loves with complete freedom and complete ease. Everything is easy. Uh, so it's yeah, very peaceful. Thank you so much again, Ryan, for your presence here today. The wisdom that flows through you, the work you do of helping others, mm. coming from the place of helping yourself first, um, discovering all these truths. Thank you so much for being you. Mm, thank you so much. And thank you for your great questions. Like really, really beautiful conversation. It's just amazing. So thank you. Thank you for the encouragement. The body appreciates. <laughs> it's the only part <laughs> that complains sometimes. And before we say goodbye again, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Yeah, so without sounding like an ego maniac, <laughs> probably the best other way is to just put my name in Google. Uh, so now that we've talked about the website and LinkedIn, but if you Google Ryan Matthew, it will bring up, you know, a lot of different interviews, a lot of uh, different resources. I'm, you know, very, very present on YouTube as well. So, so a Google search will take you on a journey if you wanted to go on it. Wonderful. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Brian. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Ryan Matthew and his work, please visit highperforming.coach. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.